welcome to Tudo Tuga, the Everything Portuguese Soccer Podcast. I'm Kevin Jesus, Christian Ferreira, Mitch Ferreira. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. Uh, we have so much to talk about. It is the end of week one of uh, Liga Portugal. Uh, no big surprises there. We've also got uh, week two to look ahead. We've got the Europe, uh, Portuguese teams in Europe. We've got lots of transfer talk, the Sagi Stars, some panel picks. Let's get started. So, week one. Uh, I don't know, guys. No real big surprise. All the big teams won. Uh, what kind of caught your eye? Uh, what, what are you guys thinking? A uh, team that caught my eye actually was Tondela. They looked. They came out well. Like, and I honestly, Santa Clara is one of the my teams that I was picking to have like a great season. And they came out and spanked them. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure uh, Santa Clara playing earlier in the week. You know, with the conference league, uh, sort of you know did him in a little bit, but. Still, still really surprising. Really surprising. Yeah, I agree, man. Uh, I was really surprised with Santa Clara. Yeah. Yeah. Santa Clara, same. I, I was expecting them to, to start the season well. They had yeah. a couple of good games in the in the conference league and then kind of shit the bet. I know. Um, I think Guimarães losing to Portimonense was a bit of a, a shock. That was kind of the yeah. shock of the week, yeah. in, in my opinion. Uh, but Betu. Coming up with a big goal. Betu has been a player a lot of bigger teams have been talking about. Nobody's swooped him up yet. Yeah. Uh, and he scores a big a big game winner. But um, who's the English kid on uh, Guimarães? Edwards? Yeah. Oh, my God. He misses a, a chance at the end of the game in stoppage time. He actually came out on Twitter and, and apologized to all the wow. Guimarães fans because, <laughs> because he just missed the sitter. But, uh, you know, from the big three or the big four, if you will, uh, what do you think? Um, again, this is going to be a weird answer because Bifika is not fully, like doesn't have their full squad yet. They had mm -hmm. six players out. Uh, that was the one team that I thought would be a little bit more dominant. Mm -hmm. But like I said, they also did have a game earlier in the week and they're missing six players. So it is, it is one of those things that it's hard to tell. And it's tough to go into Morigans. Oh yeah. Morigans is always a place that yeah. all the big teams struggle. It's a smaller team. That's one of those smaller fields. The guys can't really open up like they, they yeah, want for to. Sure. It's a more compact game. Yeah. Um, what did you think about the red card for Diogo Gonçalves? Was it a red card? Uh, yeah. Okay. And I'm not just saying this because I'm on the rival yeah, side. Yeah, I I'm honestly sure. think it, it was good. Another thing that I really liked, and I'm hoping they're uh, cracking down on it, is Luis Diaz got a yellow card for simulation uh, for the penalty shot. They actually went to VAR. In the Porto game? Yes, the Porto game, sorry. Uh, they actually went to VAR. They looked at it and they gave him a yellow card. And honestly, that's something that I I really like and I hope they work on a lot this year is mm -hmm. stuff like that. Because, you know, watching the, the season last year, there were so many weak penalty shots there. Being For sure. Porto, I believe, had 19 around there. That's Maybe. it? Yeah. And they were still complaining, to be honest. They're still complaining. Porto complained? Yeah. Impossible. It was around 19. Don't quote me at those exact numbers. It was around that. And yeah, a lot of those were very weak. And I feel like uh they got a crackdown on that for sure no i I, mean, I was actually you know i didn't like the red card but i'm it was the right decision yeah i think for for Benfica. yeah i'm glad they went back uh i don't know if the kid uh that abdu he he's actually he played uh for the u21s yes um during the during the euro he's a, he's a good little player. he's a really good player uh, yes so i hope he's okay he could have he could have Snapped his leg, man. Yeah, and I'm sure that they took that into account too. He he didn't return yep. in that yeah, game, he, so he went off the field. So yeah. no, I, I honestly I was for the first week, 
I don't really think there was too much um, referee scandal. There was one call for a penalty in the Befica game, Otamendi. Uh, I don't know if, if you've seen that one, but it was kind of up in the air. Aside yeah. from that, I don't know that there was too much to uh, too much referee drama for for week one, which was good. I agree. I, I think I think to me one of the bigger surprises was the fact that there wasn't a single draw. It was just wins mm, or losses, yeah. so it was a yeah. good way to kind of start the season. But, you know, so, one thing that we want to keep an eye on here, and Christian, you really brought up a good point where, you know, Santa Clara was a bit of a surprise losing. But how much of it has to do with the fact that there's a COVID crisis with Santa Clara? There are 10 positive cases right now, nine players, a staff member. And this is coming up a, a very big week for this uh, a week for this organization. They've got a, a, the second leg of the European Conference League clash. Uh, coming up this week. They've also got week two action as well. I mean, they're going into Slovenia with just 14 players. Yeah, like, yeah. That's a big, big problem. So, you know, uh, Christian, you kind of alluded to it. You know, it's a busy calendar early on in the year. And, you know, this isn't just about Santa Clara, but, you know, also Benfica and Pasos Freira as well. How much of a factor, guys, is this? I mean, because early in the year, you've got players that are just kind of coming off their summer break, right? There's a little bit of rust in there. They're still trying to get used to systems. But at the same time, you can't afford to be dropping points. Or in the case when you're in Europe, one mistake and you're out. So, you know, is it too crowded? Is it a big problem? What are you guys kind of thinking? Well, I think for teams like Pasfreda and Santa Clara, they've never had to do this Maybe correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe Pastures a long time ago. I think uh, they made Europe. Yeah. But yeah, these other teams, they they never had to deal with these extra games. Yeah. And yeah, so I do think it'll be a factor for them because just on experience. No, and then not only that's the depth. It's the lack of depth to be able to 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 dig in and grab grab quality players to put yeah. to put a fresh eleven in in the Liga and do the same you know week in week out in in Europe. It's for sure. I mean the top the, we talk about it all the time. You know the, the the top teams have have problems um, when it comes to that. So I mean, yeah, Santa Clara and Pasfeiras of the world for sure they're going to have a, a, an issue with. And that. then adding on to that, talking about depth, when you have ten players also out with COVID, no, that's, that's yeah, a exactly. that's a new factor that we have to live with is well, the COVID crisis, I mean, right? Befica lived it last year, right? Yeah. COVID, right? Yeah, COVID. I mean, oh, the classic COVID. <laughs> COVID man. Listen, Befica though is different. You've got lots of depth. They're a big club. I mean, for a little. You know, uh, you know, with Santa Clara, like that, that becomes a huge issue. And I mean, for them, the, I think the, the bigger thing for Santa Clara is it's kind of twofold. You want that European experience. You want to be able to be playing some of those bigger teams. But at the same time, I guess the ball disagrees. That's fine. Uh, but at the same time, you just you don't want to waste. Like, what's their priority here? Is it? trying to maintain a spot in in Europe, you know? Like, is it trying to win in Europe? Like, I, I, I don't know. I'm going to pull up the standings here. I mean, top six guarantees uh, – top six gets you some, uh, you know, European play at the end of the year, right? So that's kind of where you want to be. I know, Mitch, you were talking about have Santa Clara potentially finishing in the five spot. Um, at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. uh, but, I mean, here we are, week one. They're already 0-1 uh, to start the year, three goals against. They've got the COVID crisis. Is this already a crisis? I mean, we're one weekend. You know, I don't want to – it's a marathon, not a sprint. But is this crisis mode for Santa Clara? You know what's fitting? That they they have the same symbol as Bifica, and they're going through the exact same thing, hey? <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's crisis mode. It's still early on. Yeah, it I, wouldn't, is definitely... I wouldn't sound the alarm bells. I yeah. mean, this is, I think, every team at some point uh, throughout the next few months are going to have, uh, you know, COVID cases that they're going to have to deal with. And I think, you know, already the last couple of, well, the last season, I think these teams have, have started to get used to to this. And it's um, the unfortunate reality of the situation we're in. Teams teams all over are having to deal with it. For sure. Um, so, you know, what I would like to see is, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I, I almost think the league almost has to come, come to the plate both in Europe and, and domestically and say, if you have X amount of players out with COVID, you can have the game rescheduled. Yeah. Cause it's not fair. Like to have, you know, Santa Clara go in with, with 14 players. I mean, that's just not fair. I think, you know, if, if it's five, six players, whatever, whatever they deem kind of, uh, you know, reasonable, um, they should, the team should have the option to, to reschedule a game. I totally okay, agree. Then, but then do you, I'm just going to jump in here. So yeah. do you do similar to what the NFL and the CFL are doing where we'll try and reschedule it, but if we can't and you're the team that has the COVID players, you're given an automatic loss, right? Because you have to try, you've got to protect yourself too, right? Now, we don't know if any of these players were vaccinated or not. And even if you are vaccinated, you can still get it, blah, blah, blah. This goes on and on. However, I do agree. Try and reschedule it. It's a little bit easier to reschedule in soccer. But for like European competition, there's really no opportunity to reschedule a game. Maybe the next day, but even then with COVID, you're not going to have that 14-day window. So I don't know if you can. Yeah. So I think the, the choices are you either play with 14 or you're given an automatic loss. And I think that playing with 14 is probably the better choice. Oh, for sure. If, if it's be, if it's playing with fourteen and or, or a loss, you're gonna go in and, and try to win. The and they're game. and they're ahead in the leg too. So at least they got that. <laughs> at least they got that. So uh, that brings us to Europe. Let, let's talk, uh, Christian. Did you want to say something else? I'll just gonna ask something real quick. They could also do the NHL approach. I don't know if you remember the Vancouver Canucks. They went mm -hmm. a few weeks without playing, and mm -hmm. then they made up for those games later. I know yeah. what you're saying about Europe. It's a little bit harder, but yeah. that can be an option for extreme. Con like extreme cases. And that's the thing. The NHL built in specifically about a month worth of, of schedule that they would, because they were anticipating this happening yeah. Yeah. a little bit harder with a crowded schedule in Europe. So let's talk about Europe champions again here. By the way, we have some people tuning in live. If you have any questions, feel free to leave them in the comment section and we'll try and get to them as well. So uh, Benfica off to a pretty good start here in Europe. They win again 2-0 over Spartak Moscow. So that's 4-0 on aggregate. Uh, they will now play PSV in the playoffs. The winner advances to the group stages of the UEFA Champions League. Um, I mean, Jorge Jesus, you know, feeling pretty confident, pretty pretty good after uh, that game. But PSV will be uh, no easy uh, competition here. Take it away, buddy. Oh, buddy, I was very <laughs> happy. I was very happy. Uh, the first leg, Benfica played really, really well. Yeah. Uh, it was, you know. Um, Easily could have been probably three or four nothing at the end of the first half. Their keeper played phenomenally well. He made some some very good saves. Uh, two blatant handballs. Like I really like to get a referee to explain to me what the fuck is a handball yeah. these days. Like I I don't understand what is a handball anymore. Like yeah, for sure. Two two instances. I don't know if you 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 watch the game. Yeah. Two instances where the the player's hand legitimately interfered with the ball reaching a destination in a potential attacking scenario. And 
yeah. goes to VAR and it's not a call. Like I think I don't what we it. want as fans is just consistency. If you're not going to call that, don't call 100%. it ever again. Yeah, that, if you're going to call it, that, call it all the time. Consistency. I, it's That's, just we're not consistent. No doubt. No uh, adding doubt. on to that, what did you think of the video Spartak made? <laughs> what, of, of capturing the, the cage? Yeah. How how well did that work though? And then uh, George Hughes sort of poked fun at him after. Yeah. George Susan Vittori still didn't talk, by the way. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole rivalry. Do you want to explain that for people that don't know? Well, it all goes back to when when George Jesus left Befica and went to Sporting. Rui Vittori yeah. took over. It was it was a mess. If you go on YouTube and go uh, search Bat Bokish between Rui Vittori and 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 George Zuz, George Zuz was was peaking hard, man. It was the whole, you know, does does Rui Vittori have the 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 hands to handle the Ferrari? You know, yeah, no, no. But uh, this guy right here, man, he came he came to play I second can't look. game. Come on, Christian, <laughs> give him a kiss, man. Before we talk about João Mario, can I just say, and this is coming from a sporting fan, I love those Benfica jerseys. Those are probably one of the nicest jerseys that I have seen. If I actually liked them, I would probably buy that jersey. But I don't, and I don't have a fire pit, so I don't have any need for it right now. I'm but, wanting to uh, leave right now. Is that okay? <laughs> You're probably sick. puking a little in your mouth right now. <laughs> uh, but you know what? Joao Mauri, you were saying, uh, he, he has been a fantastic pickup for Benfica. And boy, he's earning his money right now, isn't he? Yeah, no, he played really well. He's a different class of midfielder, man. Like yeah. he just brings that that whole midfield to a different to a different level. His ability to 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 distribute the ball, he's just silky smooth. Like he's he's a phenomenal midfielder. Yeah. And then of course, excuse me, you got um, you know Mete that that came in. I don't know that I'm totally sold on him just yet. Yeah. Uh, you know, this first few games, but Yeremchuk came off the bench. Uh, it ended up being an own goal, but. But, uh, you know, he was involved in the second goal for, for yeah. Benfica, which is really good. So, no, overall, uh, a really good a really good performance by Benfica. I'm still worried about our left back. Gilles Diaz, yeah, I mean, Grimaldo is obviously the go-to, but Gilles Diaz as a backup to me just is, yeah. not, is not the guy. I'm surprised you guys let Tavares go, man. That guy was a good player, man. Went to Arsenal. I heard there was a, I don't know if you know about this. I, I can't really touch base on it because, you know, I'm just – some, my friend told me this, but I'm, I'm sure you probably know. I heard he got into a fight with Grimaldo. Is that true? Well, so here's the thing. I don't know exactly what happened, but Nuno Tavares posted a video. That's what it was. On Twitter or Instagram or whatever with, I think it was his hairdresser or somebody or his barber. And the barber basically said, um, yeah, I don't know if I, I can basically say it, but he said, you know, um, Monday kill Spanyol do... And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and put this guy in into the starting eleven kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And that started a whole a whole uh, drama and, and yeah, yeah it just he had to come out publicly apologize. I heard about and, that. And yeah. Shortly after, he got sold to Arsenal. Now so, you guys are out of left back. And now we're out of left back. <laughs> we haven't. Uh, Win wins. So. I mean. <laughs> So, so yeah. guys, uh, that's Benfica. We've already talked about Santa Clara, Passos Freira. I mean, hey, they're doing pretty good. They're the little team that could here. They're they're looking pretty sharp, and they've got a four nothing uh, aggregate lead over Lawn from Northern Ireland. I would suspect, barring something crazy, um, that they'll easily get through. Uh, but of course, waiting for them on the other side is Tottenham. Uh, so I, I would imagine that their European experience will probably come to an end pretty quick here. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can I can say that, but you know, Tottenham, you know, you know their spell, right? They're they're the anything can happen. You know, yeah, I, I want I do want to say one thing about Pasquale before we move on. Uh, a player I'm going to be watching this year. I have become a big fan. Steven Irstakiu, yes. uh, Portuguese Canadian, yes. uh, born in uh, Toronto, I believe, or in, somewhere in Ontario anyway. Uh, he had a really great Gold Cup. I already liked him last season for Pastafeta. Uh, so I'll be cheering for him this year. And he was linked with a lot of big clubs. Like he was. Yeah, I thought Porto he was going to go to Port. I thought for sure he was gone. And honestly, I think he deserves it. Like yeah. you said, in the Gold Cup, he was awesome. Really, really good. Well for Canada, so. Fun yeah. fact, I found out they just uh, the Canadian Soccer Association announced that uh, Canada for the World Cup qualifiers, uh, they'll be playing their home games at BMO Field in Toronto against Honduras and El Salvador, the first two games in September. Their second game against El Salvador on September 8th at BMO Field. Uh, my husband and I are actually going to be in Toronto for that. So we're going to try and get tickets. So it'll actually be pretty cool to kind of cheer him on and see him in person. So uh, hopefully that'll be pretty cool. And Exciting. hopefully Canada does well. You got to make up for the Euro, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, World yeah, Cup qualifying, quite. Euro 2020. I know, I know. I'm just with the same level. I'm just, you know, got to fill you know, I, I did. <laughs> we did go to uh, Wembley a few years ago to see World Cup qualifier England versus uh the Czech Republic, and that was pretty cool at Wembley. Um, so, anyways, World Cup qualifying is always fun, uh, which, of course, Portugal's got that coming up as well. We'll be talking about that in future podcasts. Uh, yeah. But right now, the bigger games to focus on is Week 2, Liga Portugal. Hard to believe we're two weeks in, and we're already talking about a huge matchup. Doesn't get any bigger than this. Braga versus Sporting. Uh, at this point, I mean, it doesn't get any bigger than this. Of course, it doesn't. What's it's the Fika versus Sporting <laughs> Lisbon Derby or whatever. But still, two weeks in, it doesn't get bigger than this. Braga versus Sporting, what are we kind of expecting to see here? Is Nuno Menj going to be healthy? Will he play? I'm going to ask you something, though. I was a debate on uh, Sport TV. Do you think it's considered a classical right now? Braga? It should be. You think so? Absolutely. A lot of people are still up in the air. I don't know if it's right there yet. I but... think it should be, man. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I think Braga's there. Yeah. I mean, you know, did the Braga Sporting game last last year that basically won you guys the campeonat. What a game, man. What a game. Ten With 10 men, too. <laughs> with 10 men, a Braga were all over you guys. You guys come back. The, I think the only shot you guys had on that, you scored. It basically won the league for you. I mean, what a game that was. Yes. Course, man. I think they're they're there. Braga is there. Yeah. You know, I think I think anybody going up against Braga right now, it is it is a classic. They're on the brink, for sure. You can see they're just right there. They're yeah. just edging their way in. Yeah. But, yeah, it's good. it's going to be a huge game. Uh, not too long ago, I think it was three weeks ago, correct me if I'm wrong, two, three weeks ago, we just played him in the, the Super Cup, mm-hmm. and we, we beat him, obviously, 2-1. Uh, we looked good, but they came out strong. It's going to be a great game. Um, be interesting to see what happens, for sure. Uh, I think the Sporting's on a five-game win streak against them. I'm sure they're going to want to break that. It's going to be a really intense game. They're going to want to win. They're at home. It's going to be definitely a they line up the two weeks they did in the Super Tasa? Um, I'm not too sure. I can't really quote you on that. I know they had a lot of injuries. They had like, I believe six players out. Mm-hmm. I'm not uh, entirely sure if those players are fit yet, mm-hmm. but I'm sure it will be sort of the, the same. Who is your standout player for Sporting Week 1? I didn't even ask you that. Um, I mean, that's sort of a cello pick because it's almost the obvious one. It's it's Potts for sure. Yeah. Potts, Potts been on fires just like in the Super Cup mm-hmm. and the first game. And beginning of la- or the end of last year so i was really impressed with each guy you man yeah each guy who came in well each guy who came really in well, well he has experience he's played under uh already mm-hmm. 
you know, he, he's been there, done that. And then I don't know if he's going to play uh, this weekend because uh, I don't know if you heard this, but the Pope is back. He's back training. So. Does he take Ishigayu's spot? It's one of those things. It depends. Tactically, I think Ishigayu is more of a defensive right back, mm-hmm. although he can go forward a little bit, yeah. whereas Pope is is both, right? Yeah. He can offensively. But against good. Braga, Ishigayu yeah. knows them a little bit better than Pedro yeah. does, right? Yeah, it's going to be one of those things. That, yeah. You know what I mean? It's going to be game time. Yeah. I might, I, if it was me, I think I would lean a little bit towards this guy. Yeah. Not because that was his old team. I think it's just because Polk was just coming back from injury to step mm-hmm. on. And like you said, this guy has been playing really well. Yeah. So, guys, I don't want to be that guy who's like, this is a must-win situation in, <laughs> you know, in week two. But realistically, you don't want to be able you, – you can't afford to be dropping points. As we saw last year, you know – Every game matters, and it can be very tight, especially lately. Sporting Mefica Porto, the big three, it has been really tight in the top of the standings the last couple of years. Every point matters. So two weeks into it, like, is the pressure there? Is it that much bigger at this point? It is, and I don't know if you looked at Sporting's first five games. You know, we have Braga and Porto. So we play Porto game week five. So if we lose to Braga... And potentially lose to Porto. That's you know we're not off to a really good start. You know we're dig- we're in a huge hole. Well, to 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 your question with regards to is this a classic or not? This is one of those games you can't lose points. Yeah, Braga, Braga, Sporting, you know, Sporting Porto. You cannot lose points against against these teams when when you're going in there. So yeah, it is a must win. I think for 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 Sporting for sure. Yeah, and for Braga, they need to try and get a point out of this game at least. Yeah, for sure. No, I totally agree. Uh, it, it is a must-win game, but, you know, all games are must-win games. 100%. Especially yeah. this year, I was talking about it with some friends and even Mitch. This is one of the most competitive uh, Liga Portugal seasons I've seen in a long time. Yeah. I'm not saying they all have the best teams ever, but, like, in terms of it being really competitive, I think it's one of the most competitive te- seasons I've seen in a very long time. Yeah. I agree. So, yeah, dropping points to, like, a team like Braga early on, yeah, could, could come back to, to bite them in the ass. Yeah. So. So I would imagine week two here, poor Santa Clara. I feel for them. Hopefully they'll be able to reschedule uh, for them. Uh, Benfica, though, even though they just played, um, you know, their second leg, they, sh- they should have no problems, right? I mean, th- this should be cruise control. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there should be no issues here. Um, I I do think he, he should start shuffling up a little bit. He's got a lot of depth on that bench. Uh, maybe maybe it's not the right time so early on. He still wants to get his his core players to really start to click and gel. Uh, but you know we are gonna have some really big games coming up against PSV and and George Zouz has already said in a press conference that uh, the the Champions League games take priority for him. So but you know you 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 look at the example of like a Gonzalo Ramos. He ran 13 kilometers in the game against Moradense. George just talked about this in the press conference. He had the hands down the highest work rate on the field. And then he goes and starts against Spartak. Is he now going to start again this weekend? Like at some point, the kid's going to start to burn out. So you don't want to, you, you know, he's got to start to, he's got enough depth in the striker roles that you don't want to start you know, over-exhausting the players so early on in the season, start to use a little bit more of that depth. And in games like this, this is where you need to, you know, start to... I agree. Yeah. And it's a good problem to have. Like, it we're, we're, we yeah. complain about it, 
But like every big team in Europe, they they go through this. You know, you tell me yep. City doesn't go through this, Liverpool doesn't go through this. You fill in the blanks. All the big teams go through this. This is essentially where you want to be. Yeah. Uh, adding on to that, I think Bifika almost has too much depth. Like I don't think they have a solidified 11-2 yet. I know they have a bunch of you know core players, but there's like two or three positions there. Correct me if I'm wrong. I like, agree with you. That it's not solidified. I still think they got to find their way and get that team. And it's the formation. It's not just the the 11. Yeah. It's also the formation, um, because he he's you know he seems to be going with that that three five two or three four three, whichever you want to look at it. Um, but he also sometimes has a tendency to try to switch to a four four two as well. So you know, that's kind of where he needs to, to, and it, I guess it depends what player mix he's going to have. And he, I think he's going through that phase right now that he's going to have two, almost two squads, yes. two go-to squads, um, you know, and, and that's, I think the phase that Benfica is going through right now. So Mitch, you, you said that George Jesus uh, says his priority is the champions league as a Benfica fan. How do you feel about that? I mean, do you, do you, I mean, do we care about the, the league of Portugal? I mean, Benfica's won it a gazillion times. Sporting fans were just thrilled to finally win something last year. But is is Europe the end-all, be-all? Is Champions League where it needs to be? And if that's the case, do you just sacrifice everything come league? Right now, Champions League is the absolute priority, more so from a financial perspective for, from, you know, for Benfica than, uh, you know, I don't think it becomes as much of a priority once he's in. Um, I mean, of course, you want to you want to win, you want to move on. The, the you know the more games you win, the more money you have. Uh, but I think financially, right now, with what Benfica have invested both last year and even this year, financially, they need the Champions League money right now, and that's why that is priority number one. It was priority number one last year. It's even more so this year like uh, it's an absolute must so i think that's why he's kind of come out and made that statement and and you know it, i think potentially his job could be on the line if he doesn't yeah i i totally agree uh honestly i think bifika decided to splash that cash it was just they've got a little bit unlucky it's just before COVID. So they, they they had all that money. You know, they had a lot of great transfers they made. They made a lot of money in the transfer market. They finally decided to splash that money. But ironically, it was at a questionable time because then right after that, COVID hit. And as you know, in Europe, like look at Barcelona, look at Real Madrid, fill in the blanks. They're all struggling financially right now. And it's because of there's no fans. Fill in the blanks. You know, COVID hit. There's a lot of money missing. And yeah, what what team right now? does not need that extra financial incentive. So sure. I do think adding on to that, like you always want to make the Champions League, that incentive is always there. Mm -hmm. But now I think it's up the ante even well, that much more. Just because, but to your point, we spent all that money before we got into Champions League. Yes. So yeah. once we spent all that money and then we missed getting into the Champions League, yeah. everybody was like, are you kidding me? You just went and spent all of that money and, you know, 100 million euros yeah. and we didn't even get into Champions League. <laughs> so now it's it's an absolute must this and then year. add all the COVID stuff and no fans and you know yeah throwing yeah. the blanks right yeah. so so you talk about you know the the financial situations and so forth I mean the biggest story in soccer and arguably in sport this week was Lionel Messi leaving Barcelona in the fashion that he did to go sign with PSG 
Uh, Jack Grealish signed a hundred million dollars, a uh, hundred million British pounds. It sounds like with Manchester City. That now means what happens with Bernardo Silva? I would imagine that's the biggest transfer uh, discussion among Portuguese players. So, what ha he wants a new challenge. He wants out of Man City. Where does he go? Uh, honestly, I don't know if you agree with me, Mitch. I think it'd be the best thing for him. Uh, Man City is a really good team, one of the best teams in the world. But they rotate a lot of their players. Mm -hmm. And a guy like Bruno, or sorry, not Bruno, Bernardo, hasn't been getting that much playing time. I think going to a, another team, even I think he's linked with Atletico, Barcelona, Tottenham. I think, honestly, any one of those teams, arguably maybe not Atletico, would do him a lot better, for yeah. sure. And I, I don't think Atletico just, it's a personal opinion, not that they're not a good team. They're really defensive-minded. And I think his obvious, his attributes is more offensive, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, man, it's it's one of those things. I kind of like to see him at Barca. Uh, I don't think Barca has the money to buy anybody right no, now. No, they can't afford sure. it. They can't afford it. Uh, yeah, they they can't afford it. And they were even talking about Renat Sanz. Ronald Koeman really wanted Renat Sanz. Lille wanted forty million for him. It's not happening. They don't yeah. have the money for it, right? So I think Barcelona, even though people have talked about it, I don't see that happening for Bernard Silva. I think the most likely move for him right now is probably going to be Tottenham. Just yeah. because Nuno Spiritzant really wants him there. Uh, he's talked about wanting him there. I think it'd be a good fit for Bernard so Silva, too. to be honest with you. I think he would play well under Nuno Spiritzant. Um, so I'd like to see that. Um, Atletico, I agree with you. I I just don't like Simeone's style of yeah. play. Yeah. However, seeing the way that Guardiola dispatched Bernard Silva a lot of times last year in very defensive roles. I don't know if you remember the game against PSG. That's mm -hmm. the one that sticks out to me. Everybody talked about how good Bernard Silva played, in, even defensively, uh, because he just has such a high work rate. And Simeone loves players with a high work rate. He loves guys who track back. Um, from an attacking perspective, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see João Felix there. I'll just put the bring that but, up. But, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Would it be nice to see Felix and Bernard Silva together? Yeah, it might. Uh, but I think, honestly, Bernard Silva is most likely going to end up at Tottenham. Yeah, I agree. And I think, honestly, going on what you were saying, I think that would be the best place for him. Do you see Renat Sanchez leaving? If he doesn't go to Barca, do you see him leaving Lille this year? Um, that's a tough question. I think... I think honestly, him staying another year at Lille will be better for him. Mm -hmm. I don't think he should make another quick jump. Yeah. Just like looking at his track record. But yeah, honestly, the way he played, basing it on exactly how he played in the Euro, he could play like pretty much any club in Europe. It'd yeah. be fine. So, Jose Font, uh, I don't know if you saw this, Kev, made a Twitter post. You and I both saw it today. We were talking about it. So, Jose Font came out and basically said, um, What is going on with the Liga because we can't even buy any players because of the salary cap in the league yet all of a sudden PSG goes out and they're spending money like it's going out of style Donnarumma is there uh Messi's there uh what other big signings that I'm, uh, Hakimi Hakimi was Hakimi's there Hakimi's there Sergio Ramos is there yeah, yeah. and Jose Fuente is sitting back saying yeah I'm texting Ronaldo being like come to you know come to Lille because, like, yeah. and, and I, I and his response was ha ha ha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a little loophole that they fell into, though. They actually didn't buy anybody, they most of those players were signed on a free transfer. On a free transfer. Like, yeah. Sergio Ramos was a free transfer, yeah. uh, Messi was a free transfer, Dollaruma was a free transfer. So, that's probably where they got around that. But there's 
what I've heard is there's a salary cap. Oh, wow. I didn't know Not that. a transfer cap, okay. but a salary cap. And that's where Zephont is questioning, like, what, what's going on? So I don't know. The, I can't get too technical about it, but I know that question was raised. Just want to add one thing real yeah. quick, Kev. Uh, and what's ironic, too, I don't know if you knew this, but um, Porto is under financial fair play. And they don't For even sure. spend yeah. a, like a quarter of what they what the other teams are spending. So, you know, how do you deem that, too, right? Yeah. How fair is that? I will laugh when PSG crashes out in like the quarterfinals or something. I think that'll just be well, already. I mean, they had a monster team and Lille won the league last year. So yeah. to, yep. to that, I was the, the, the point I was getting to when I brought up Jeff Wundt is I don't think Lille can afford to let a player like Nat just go when PSG is stacking, you know, stacking the table like they are. So I, I honestly don't think they can afford to let Nat Sanchez go in a season like this where they're coming up against the PSG team. And plus they're going to be in Champions League because they, you know, because they won the league. league so, you know, they're going to want to keep a player like Nat Sanchez there. Lille actually had a, a rough start to the League One this year. They were right. they were down three one on the weekend, um, like 60, 70 minutes in, yeah. and luckily uh, the team they were playing ended up getting a red card. They ended up scoring two goals, tied up three three. So that was pretty interesting. Hey guys, let's go to the. Sorry. The what? The last goal came literally the last second of the game, too. I don't know if you've seen that. It was the last I did see that. It cost me money. So uh, oh, sorry. Was, That's why uh, you're blowing past it. It still, it still hurts. Uh, it's time for the Saji Star of the Week, presented by Saji Pair North America. Visit sajipairnorthamerica.com for all your information. Um, which one of you wants to start first? I'll let you go first. João Mario is my... Saji star, but not the João Mario you think. <laughs> not Benfica João Mario. Uh, I'm gonna talk about uh, João Mario from Porto. He played a phenomenal game for Port this yeah. weekend. The kid normally plays as a winger. We watched them in the U21s. Uh, he was kind of playing a, a little bit here and there for Port last season. Sergio Conceição has found him as a right back, and man, he played lights. Out. I mean, if you guys haven't seen it, go to YouTube, watch the Port highlights from this weekend. The second goal that he sets up was it Luis Diaz's goal? Yes, yes, it was the second. Was the header to Luis Diaz? Oh my God, he turns this defender three ways in and out like unbelievable. I was so impressed. Uh, Serge Conceição after the game said, "I'm not surprised uh, at all. Like I, I expected this from him. He took Manafa's spot." Manafa has been a has been a shoe in at right back for for Port the last little while. So mm -hmm. you know he took he took that spot. Uh, I'm really really surprised, pleasantly surprised. I'll be honest. I like I love seeing Portuguese players play well in the league, even if it is for Port. But really really impressed with the kid. So that was my start. And Porto has a lot of great talent. I don't know if you've seen Fabio Silva. They have Vitinha. They have João Mario. Bruno Costa played really well. Yeah. Yeah, so they they have uh, you know Portugal's future is looking great. So yeah, that's the one good thing. Looking great. I don't like Port, but I like to see Portuguese teams with Portuguese players. That's the one thing I do like to see. I agree. Here's what else is looking great. Look at all that Saji pair. Saji pair. <laughs> it just looks fantastic. This is exactly what you want in your home. So check them out at sajipairnorthamerica.com. Uh, proud sponsors of our Saji Star of the Week for whatever that uh, matters. So let's go to Christian, your Saji Star of the Week. Um, I feel like I keep talking about this guy. I, I apologize. But uh, Pedro Gonzalez is mine. For this, again. I know, but <laughs> honestly, hear me out. If you guys haven't seen his 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 uh, performance on the weekend, 
his two goals. I think you can argue that his two goals in the one game has been the best two goals so far this season. Yeah. He's been honestly tearing it up. Uh, the guy is literally on fire. So it'd be hard not to. I thought to you, it was going to be Jovan for his great penalty shot. I have him on my fantasy and he <laughs> missed the penalty shot. So I'm really upset with that. But yeah, honestly, Pedro Gonçalves, I'm going to keep saying this. I think you can agree, even though being Bifikista, he should have, you know, played at least a little bit in the uh, the Euro Cup. We are He's... going to bring this up every single podcast. Yeah, that Pedro Gonçalves should play it. Yes, Fernando Sanchez, if you're watching, play this guy, okay? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he's been he was really good. Scored two screamers. His second goal was unreal. Uh, he's he's playing. Yeah, like honestly, you can argue he's one of the best players in the league right now. So yeah, he's definitely my pick for this week. All right, and I'm going to go with Gelson Martins uh, Monaco. He's had a heck of a, a week for him, scoring one goal in the League One opener against Nantes and then one goal in the Champions League qualifier against Sparta Prague. So, uh, yeah, we're going to go with him uh, as my Saji star. Another favorite of, of Christian. Another favorite. Imagine how that works, eh? Jesus. It's funny how that works. <laughs> hey, guys, it's time now for our Tututuga panel picks. Let's go. Hands up, then we gonna drop. All right, did right this time, so I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> Good job, uh, okay, Mitch, you uh, were the loser in week one, Thanks, uh, going uh, three and one with your picks. So let's take a look at uh, this week. So uh, Braga versus Sporting, let's start there, and we each have different results so i'm going to start first because i'm talking right now and i'm going with a draw i think sporting versus braga it is going to be a tight game i think it's going to go to the wire and i'm going to go with a draw i'm going to say it's going to be one one that's the final uh, you can take that to the bank and deposit that so uh mitch you went with braga why why Come on, guys! Really? Look at what he's wearing. Look sporting? what he's wearing. Look what's behind you him. Think I'm going to pick Sporting? No, I'm going to. I pick Braga because I think Carlos Carvalhal has something to prove after the Supertasa. I think he picked up some tips in that game, and I don't know, man. I I really feel I just have this tingling feeling that they're gonna they're gonna win. Ricardo Arta, he's in my fantasy pool. He's gonna score two goals. It's gonna be a great game for Braga, and they're gonna they're so gonna two nothing. Point. Two nothing, man. Okay. Okay, and Christian, you're going uh, with your heart. Uh, honestly, usually I do. If it was seasons past, I would be going with my heart. But I think right now, Sporting is playing really well, uh, and I think even picking port, uh, Sporting, they are the favorite. So uh, I don't think it's one of those. Although I lean with Sporting, obviously, uh, I think they are the favorites, and I do think they'll win. Just given the schedule, they, uh, week five, they have Port. This is like a must-win game for sure. So. Benfica, Porto, you know, we're all going with the favorites there. No big deal. Uh, Passos Freira uh, taking on uh, Boavista. I'm, again, going with the draw. And the only reason why I'm going with the draw for that one is because of the crowded uh, calendar. So that's why I'm kind of leaning towards that. Uh, but you guys are pretty high on them, and you're thinking that they're going to pull off the W? Yeah, yeah. I, I do. More I, so just because Bovista did not look good in their first yeah. game. Like, yeah. Yep. They didn't look good. And even last season, they didn't look no. good. So, no. at all evidence leading to uh, 
Last play to winning, and they're playing great soccer. Even last season, they played really great. They were the surprise of uh, Liga Nash was called at the time. Too bad you guys are both going to be wrong on that one. Um, and the uh, fifth game, we always try and do a fifth game kind of a little bit out there. So this time the English Premier League gets started. Uh, Leicester City taking on Wolves, basically mini Portugal. Uh, none of us have confidence in Wolves, though. Um, why is that? Leicester City is a great team. They have great uh, players. Honestly, I think they're going to be top five in the Premier League. Yeah. I think most other teams other than the top five would pick like wolves, but this case being opening day, and anything can happen. But I gotta lean towards. Yeah, man, I, I'm say. obviously gonna be cheering for wolves, uh, but I also think I watched a lot of wolves pre games. Uh, Bruno Lage is still really trying to figure out the right mix of players and formation in that team. Uh, I would love to see them win. You know, we got Francisco Trincão that that's there this year. Um, be excited to watch watching Fabio play. Silva's playing a lot. Fabio Silva's too. playing a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, so I think there's there's a lot of you know for for any Portuguese soccer fan, you know, it's it, Wolves is is going to be fun to watch. We got Rui Patricio left, but we they went and got Jose Sa from yeah. Olympiacos. It's in Wolves literally. It's one Portuguese player out, another in, man. It's yeah. they have to keep that uh, that contingent alive. But um, yeah, Bruno Lage, as as much as, as I really, really like him as a coach, and I really like that he's at Wolves, he's a little rusty, man. He hasn't coached for, for I think, three seasons now. Um, so he's, you know, taking his time to kind of get get his, uh, you know, get his right player mix and formation with Wolves. And it's going to take a few games, I think, to get them going. Do you miss him? Do you miss Lush? I don't think he ever should have left. I don't think so either. If honestly. you would have given... Bruno Lage, the same budget you gave George Zouge, yeah, we would have won the Campinat. I knew I hit a nerve. That's why I asked. <laughs> <laughs> hey, someone wrote in saying we forgot about Bruma. So is, uh, I, I don't That's know true. what the context of this was. Is, is it one of your PSV? I don't know. Yeah. PSV last minute. Uh, he scored a yeah, beautiful scored goal. A really, really, really nice beautiful goal for goal. PSV. And they're PS, be, yeah, yeah. I think he's going to be playing PSV. So, uh, Bruma is is uh, definitely yeah. another one. Another one stabbing the heart. Bruma. What is this, man? Come on. <laughs> All right, guys. I think that wraps up uh, another episode of this podcast. That was a lot of fun. One more thing before we leave. Yeah. I'm going to say right now, if Christian loses the panel no. picks at the end of the year, yes. I am going to buy a Benfica jersey with Bruma on the back, <laughs> and he is going to wear it during a podcast if he loses. How about you? What are you going to do? I don't know. You name, name the You'll put, We'll, we'll put him it. in a sporting jersey. We'll put him in a sporting jersey, a and you can one. finally see a real team, and you can be happy. <laughs> he but, might convert. You, of course, he should convert. I set myself on fucking fire. <laughs> you already are. Look at you. <laughs> All right, boys. Christian, Mitch, I'm Kevin. Thanks so much for watching. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Two Two Good Podcast on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. And uh, yeah, feel free to drop us lines, uh, send us questions, comments, uh, whatever you want to talk about. We want to have some fun with this. We'll have lots to talk about, especially that Braga sporting game. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what ends up happening. So thanks again for watching, guys, and uh, have a wonderful weekend. Cheers. Stay safe. Ciao, guys.